Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Laura Brodnick. And I'm Chelsea McLaughlin. Chelsea, welcome back. We love having you Thursdays, Fridays and Mondays this week, yeah? Yes, yes. You're having a break. I have to tell people that I am going away on holidays. Key Reese, our former co-host who was on maternity leave, was not a fan of it. I don't know if I told you this, Chelsea, but she was like... But when we started the podcast, Laura, we made a promise to each other that one of us would always be (laughs) on the show. And I said, yes, pal, I know that. But you took a year of maternity leave. Yeah, you're having a baby. Yeah, exactly. Like you changed the rules, Key. (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, I'm not missing my birthday holidays. So you'll be in the hands of Chelsea and Mel, which will be fun. I'm worried because you are the one who keeps me on track. And so if you're not here, I'm going to go a little bit rogue. Oh, no, no, don't, don't worry so, about that. We love Rogue. That I mean, the other, producers might, <laughs> the other producers might not, but I love Rogue. Go off the rails, say what you need to say, do an hour podcast. I really support <laughs> that. <laughs> well, making news today, Sophie Turner, former Game of Thrones actress, has done her first big cover story in a long time. And in this interview, she talks about a lot of interesting things about her mental health and growing up in the spotlight and makes a maybe controversial comment about celebrity couples. So we're going to get into all that good stuff. But first, the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So some really shocking news came out overnight with reports that Dave Chappelle was attacked while performing on stage at Netflix's live comedy festival Netflix is a Joke. So the attacker, who has been identified as a 23-year-old man, stormed on stage with a replica handgun that ejected a knife, kind of like a bayonet, and videos show him tackling Chappelle to the ground. So very quickly, security, also some stars in attendance like Jamie Foxx and Buster Rhymes helped to apprehend him. And the attacker was taken to hospital with a pretty bruised and bloodied face, as well as a very twisted arm. There are videos of his injuries online and they're pretty icky. Would not recommend clicking. That's haunted me all night. So the attacker was charged with felony assault with a deadly weapon and booked on a US $30,000 bail, according to the Los Angeles Police Department. So this has obviously raised some questions which have been floating around sort of since the Oscars in regards to comedians and safety. But the biggest question that's come out of this is how the attacker got the weapon past metal detectors at every entrance to the event and into the venue. I'm sure this is going to be an ongoing story for a couple of days. So if anything big comes out, we will be sure to update you in a future episode. 
Okay, so also making news today, it's the interview we have all been waiting for. Well, at least if you're a Sex and the City fan, you've been waiting for this because it's something we just cannot let go of. So Kim Cattrall, who played the iconic Samantha Jones in the TV series and also the two Sex and the City movies that followed, has given an interview to Variety where she addresses and just like that, so the Sex and the City continuation series for the first time in depth. So they're obviously there to talk about her new TV project. She's got quite a lot of roles going on. She's the face of a new fashion label. But of course, all anyone wants to hear about is her reaction to and just like that and a little bit about what happens behind the scenes. And interestingly enough, she seems more than happy to talk about her former co-stars, to talk about the show and her reaction to it. So she wasn't shying away from any of those questions. So the article starts off by saying that after she exited the series of her own accord, they make that very clear, Kim says she had no advance warning before news broke in late 2020 that Sarah Jessica Parker, Cynthia Nixon and Kristen Davis had decided to reunite for the series. So she was a bit flawed as well. So the interviewer starts off by saying, was there any ever discussion about you returning as Samantha for and just like that? And she goes on to say, Chelsea, I was never asked to be part of the reboot. I made my feelings about that clear after the possible third movie. So I found out about like everyone else did on social media. And this is where it gets interesting because the interviewer says, how did you feel? And she says, I was like, ooh, and then she just stops. And the interviewer says, were you wondering how that was going to work? And she says, you said it, not me. Oh, God. I feel like I'm throwing myself under a bus with this confession, but I have not watched one single minute of Sex in the City or And Just Like That. It's my biggest pop culture shame. <laughs> but you're weirdly across like the mm. mechanics of this story and the background and the beef between Kim Cattrall oh, and yeah. Jessica Parker. But yeah. And also, I love mess, <laughs> so I am very much across the <laughs> cast drama. I um, will happily devour anything juicy they like that. <laughs> Well, the next bit of drama in the interview is the interviewer from Variety says, but you read the script of the third movie in which Big was supposed to die. So this has always been a bit of a contentious issue with and just like that coming back because infamously the creators behind Sex and the City and Sarah Jessica Parker herself were really pushing for a third movie to the point where the script was written, there had been talks between the cast and the crew to come back, a story had been mapped out, Sarah Jessica Parker was doing interviews about it and she kept saying, we have one more story left to tell, we have one more big moment to cover and it has since leaked over time that that big story was the death of Chris Knott's character, John James Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Big, and the story was going to centre on that, which has become the basis for the TV series. And so in this interview, Kim Cattrall says, yes, the series is just basically the third movie, which she infamously didn't want to do. And then she said, that's how creative it was, Mm, which is such a burn. (laughs) And then the interviewer says, because infamously there was supposed to be a storyline in the third movie and then if she had come to the tv series samantha's only storyline was going to involve her getting unwanted nude or like dick pics from brady who chelsea for you as the one person who has not seen sex in the city (laughs) please enlighten me is miranda's son so he was the baby in the series and he's like an adult well a young adult in the tv series and we see him he's the only character in and just like that we actually see have a lot of sex 
which is wild. Ick. And so Samantha's storyline was going to be reacting to Brady sending her nude photos, mm-hmm. which from Kim Cattrall's perspective, I can see why she would be just not on board with that. In the yeah. article, she calls that storyline heartbreaking. So <laughs> she's really like not mincing her words when it comes to what she thinks about this. And then she goes on to say, so obviously there were always rumours that she and Sarah Jessica Parker didn't get along behind the scenes. And a lot of that stemmed from Sarah Jessica Parker also being a producer on the show and therefore having a lot more money, like being paid a lot more than Kim Cattrall and also having more power. And so it's kind of thought that Sarah Jessica threw her under the bus a little when the third movie didn't go ahead. Like she very much made it out to be that Kim had ruined everyone's dreams because Mm -hmm. she was being petty. And then a few years ago, I'm sure you're across this, Chelsea, Kim's brother sadly went missing and then passed away. And Sarah Jessica Parker commented on her post about it, was like, so sorry, thinking of you, to which Kim Cattrall then went and made her own Instagram grid post and basically said to Sarah Jessica Parker, I just want you to go away. My mother keeps asking when you'll go away. You're not my friend. And basically call her out for being a horrible human being. So then in the Variety interview, they say to her, Sarah Jessica has said that if you decided to play Samantha again, she wouldn't be okay with that. Did that hurt your feelings? And she said, I don't think I read it. Which made me think of when Mariah Carey and J-Lo were having that beef. Do you remember this? Oh, I don't know her. (laughs) Yeah, and Mariah Carey, when she was asked about the J-Lo feud, was like, I don't know her. So saying, like, I haven't read it is very similar to that. And then they said, well, she said there's been too much of a feud between you publicly for you to come back. And Kim Cattrall says, well, it would happen anyway, so nobody has to worry about that. And then she said there's power in saying no, which is kind of an interesting quote that everyone's picked up from this interview. Mm -hmm. So there's definitely no Samantha return. We can stop asking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Look, we never knew it was going to happen, but I just think the fact that she's answered about eight questions and while she hasn't sort of gone into huge depth, she has made her feelings very clear. So I think this whole time that all the hype around and just like that has been happening, that she's been sitting on these comments and she finally got to say them in like a controlled press area instead of liking shady tweets like she's been doing. <laughs> so we'll link the full variety interview in the show notes. Make sure you have a read. Sophie Turner is the latest LUK cover star and she has given quite a wide-ranging accompanying interview where she discusses everything from Game of Thrones and how she felt once that all ended to becoming a mother, being pregnant again with her second child and, of course, her marriage to Joe Jonas. Now, there are a few points I want to pull out from the profile that I think are particularly interesting and the first is her talking about becoming a mother and being a pregnant again and the paradox she feels between that part of her life and also being only 26 years old. So she says that she forgets her age sometimes and it's only when she's around her friends who are all sort of similar mid-20s age that she's like, oh my God, I'm a child. And I feel like this is really interesting because she has been on our TV screen since she was 15. So she has been around for quite a long time. And it is surprising to remember that she's in her mid-20s, don't you think, Laura? Yeah, exactly. She seems so much older. Not because she looks old at all, Mm. just because, I mean, she's done more in her life already at 26, you know, but it's okay. Some of us are late bloomers. We'll get there eventually. One day. (laughs) But she just seems so mature having been on TV for over 10 years and being like soon to be a mother of two and also just the way she speaks. But then I think sometimes when you watch her on social media, you can see that she actually is in her mid-20s. Like she has that younger vibe. Yeah, she has that meme, like that's the tea, which is very 
oh, you know, yeah, cool Gen Z thing. But secondly, Sophie talks quite a lot about her mental health and her past with disordered eating in the profile and that for a while she had a live-in therapist, a person she calls a companion, who basically ensured that she didn't fall into any unhealthy eating patterns. So she recalls a particular piece of advice from this companion after she began internalising a negative comment she'd seen on Instagram. So the person told her, basically, you know, no one actually cares. I know you think this, but nobody else is thinking it. You're not that important. And she said that that comment completely changed her outlook. And it's particularly interesting to me because I feel like at the moment, stars, especially these sort of youngish female stars like your Bella Hadids and your Sophies are really opening up about mental health. And Laura, I know you've spoken a couple of times in past episodes where it's kind of like, I think you dubbed it pretty pain. And so I'm interested in your opinion on this because to me, reading the profile, I feel like Elle approached this in quite a natural, more general way than we've seen in the past. And, you know, even though Sophie is this very famous, very wealthy, very privileged woman with millions of followers, it felt a little bit more relatable to me than similar pieces we've seen in the past. Wow, pretty pain. That does sound really petty of me, but I stand by it, (laughs) hearing it back all these months later. Yeah, I did find it interesting with her talking about her mental health. It's something she's referenced a bit before, but hearing about having a live-in therapist, which is obviously an incredibly privileged thing to be able to Mm. afford and, and have in your home, and most people wouldn't be able to have that. But I think it's still interesting of her talking about her mental health in that way. And she hasn't really done a big magazine cover story for like many years. Last time was when she had a show coming out, that ill-fated quibby platform that died a slow death. So it's been a while since we've heard from her in this way. But yeah, in terms of pretty pain, I think at first there was a wave of no one talking about mental health Mm. and it was a very taboo subject. And then especially with this younger generation, as you're saying, so like the Hedid sisters and the Jenna sisters, all the sisters and like Hayley Bieber and now Sophie Turner, there's a real openness to talk about mental health in terms of depression and anxiety. But yeah, I feel like it's always got a bit of a glamorous sheen. Like I think even this Sophie interview does a little bit as well. Mm. It's almost like you can have mental health and you can talk about it, but it has to be presented in a way that's, you know, it's hard to take those words in when they're alongside beautiful curated images and she's talking about her fantastical lifestyle and the fact that she's able to overcome some parts of her mental health with a live-in therapist who's working her through it and it just makes it all seem very like I'm sure there's so many young women who read this and feel so seen and so unalone because they see their idols going through mental health but I think once you close the article I wonder how much of that feeling stays with you because actual mental health isn't pretty Mm. and it's not curated and it doesn't sit nicely within a magazine quote. And I'm not saying we have to see Sophie Turner on her Instagram. I mean, she says in here that she had to get rid of her social media because it was damaging her too much. I'm not expecting her to do Instagram lives when she's in the middle of a panic attack or a depressive episode or anything like that. But I do wonder how much these cover stories are being heralded as these breakthroughs in mental health when what they're saying is like there's a pretty way to be mentally unhealthy and Mm. then there's no further information or there's no other point that I think would help young women or men reading this. Yeah, it is interesting to see that this is sort of the topic of conversation now. This is something that people are being more open with and I feel like going forward it's going to be sort of the topic of every profile we read. That is a good thing. I'm not trying to like take away from that. I just think it's okay to look at through a lens and think this isn't a complete picture. It's not the only information we need. 
Absolutely. So the final point I want to pull out from the profile, this is changing tack quite drastically, is where Sophie talks about her marriage to Joe Jonas and how they are really conscious of not being a, quote, celebrity couple. And so she says, you never want to market yourself as a celebrity couple. It's not that cool. And I kind of am in two minds about this because I, one, think that Sophie Turner and Joe Jonas are cool. Like, I think they just ooze cool. (laughs) Like, they have a cool vibe. So I'm not sure if that's working for them. But also, I feel like they are a real celebrity couple in the sense that they're, like, known for being together. There's an inherent interest in them as a duo as opposed to their separate careers. They do read carpets together. They'll happily talk about each other in interviews. And, like, Joe's always posting really supportive posts on Instagram about his wife. So I'm like are you actually avoiding being a celebrity couple? And if so, I don't think you're doing a great job at it. Yeah, I was really thrown by that comment and I would be so interested to know what she thinks a celebrity couple is mm. if she's thinking that they're actively trying to stay away from that. Because like you're saying, like I think they do tick a lot of the boxes if you were looking at a checklist of what is a celebrity couple. You're right, they walk red carpets together, they do interviews together. I'm pretty sure they've even done photo shoots and things mm. together. They appear in each other's work, like she's been in his music videos and his like the Jonas Brothers roast and yeah exactly that sort of thing and they talk about each other in interviews and they post about each other on social media and I was like what do you think a celebrity couple is because I would say couples who would actively try to avoid a celebrity couple label I mean I'm going to say your favorite people like a Taylor Swift and a Joe Alwyn or someone like that who (laughs) actively never do those things together or even maybe like a Florence Pugh and a Zach Braff Mm -hmm. who have sometimes appeared in the background of each other's Instagram accounts and things, but who don't walk red carpets together or don't market themselves as a couple. I would say that Sophie and Joe are very much a celebrity marketed couple. I mean, they sold their wedding photos to a magazine. None of this is bad. They had a Vegas wedding after an award show and invited everyone at the award show, like very famous people, Diplo, Cardi B, all the rest. Yeah, exactly. And Diplo live streamed it, which we know now he wasn't (laughs) supposed to do, but still, yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know what she thinks would be the next step up from that. Maybe that they don't star in movies together Mm. or anything like that. But I'd say in terms of being a celebrity couple, they're definitely marketed as that. So I'd be interested to hear her take on that. Yeah, totally. So this entire L profile is really interesting. We will link it in our show notes. Give it a read. There's lots of good stuff in there. And let us know if you think they're a celebrity couple because um, they are. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. And if you're enjoying our podcast and our new hosts and the things we've been talking about, please go onto your podcast app and leave us a review. We read all of them and they do mean so much to us. So this episode of The Spill was produced by myself, Laura Brodnick and Gia Moyland with audio production by Rihanna Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au. Bye. Bye.